Hi, this is Kevin Pollack, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Don't you know you got to hang in there? And it's rough, I know, cause I've been there. Life throws us in. Ed Robertson, along with our guest Charles Grodin, star of the Beethoven films, The Heartbreak Kid, Midnight Run, Seems Like Old Times, and many, many other film, TV, and stage productions. Charles recently released a new DVD called The Perils of Show Business, Proceed at Your Own Risk, that not only features great stories about Charles's work with the likes of Johnny Carson, Alan Funt, Lee Strasberg, Elaine May, and Roman Polanski, but also offers hands-on, straight-shooting, real-world advice that will be invaluable to anyone who is considering a career in the world of entertainment. The Perils of Show Business, Proceed at Your Own Risk, is still available at Amazon.com. 100% of the proceeds from sales of the Perils of Show Biz DVD supports the efforts of the Lend a Hand Foundation, the nonprofit organization founded by Charles Grodin that seeks clemency for those who are wrongfully imprisoned. Charles Grodin passed away last week at the age of 86. This conversation originally aired in December 2012. Before we went to break, we were talking to Charles about his particular approach to acting, which in essence came down to the ability to listen to your acting partner and respond in character. But the other thing you really try to do is you, you really try to make it to somehow personalize the situation. So this law and order that I did when they tell me all these things are going on, um, I'm the headmaster of a private school and um, talking about molestations of the teachers toward the, the students. And, and I had to take that around. I'd never experienced anything like that, but I, I had to take it around like like someone was saying it to me about something where I had responsibility. And by doing that, by taking it that way, that you're talking to me, and it's my responsibility, that if you if you would say that I'm in charge of something and I'm allowing you know child molestation, right. it's not hard for me to say, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, So it comes out that way, genuinely, because I'm actually thinking about, why would you be saying something to me? I have no awareness of anything like this. Yeah. So that's the personalization aspect of it. Yeah, so so there is some sort of processing going on. Well, in my case, I would call it you, you try to make the situation personal to yourself. Okay. And, and you, you must be relaxed enough to be able to listen to the other person the way the way you would in life. I had an interesting experience recently. It's off the point a bit, but in 1972, I played my first leading role in a movie, The Heartbreak Kid, and mm-hmm. I... I generally don't watch myself, but recently there, you know, I had it, I put it on, and I found I couldn't watch it because it's about a man who leaves his wife on his honeymoon because he meets Sybil Shepherd. Right. And I couldn't watch it because it offended me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, that my moral sense came out over every, it was very well done. It was, yeah. it was actually considered one of the funniest comedies, the AFI called it one of the funniest Hundred comedies in you know in the history of movies, so it was extremely well done. Directed by Elaine May and everything, everybody in it was very good. But the actual concept to me, and I said it at the time too, but now I can't even watch it because I find it offensive. That if your wife is, you consider her a real whatever problem on the honeymoon, you don't run off with a blonde on your honeymoon. You sit down and say, "This is this is my problem. Can we deal with this?" Then in, about three years later, I was on Broadway in a play called 
same time next year mm-hmm. we're, with the two characters, Ellen Burson and I, we, each of us are happily married, and we, we meet once a year for this sexual tryst. And I would never do that today. I would never accept a, a role like that today because my, my moral sense is outweighing everything else. And while I had some sense of it at the time, it, over the years it has evolved into something you could say it's a play, but I, I don't want to be involved with anything like that. Right, which just so goes things change. Yeah, yeah, we, things change just as we all change. We're not the same people right. we were, you know, five, five, thirty, forty years ago. Exactly. Um, of course, you're only forty-two years old, so that's not really applicable to you. But well, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> let's put it this way: I'm not the you're same. Different than you were to, uh, when you were two. Let's just say that. I'm much. Well, I'm I'm different than I was the uh, an hour ago when we began our conversation, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the problems when you interview me. <laughs> you know, you probably have to take a nap after this. Oh my God, what was that? Yeah. Uh, well, as a talk show host, Charles, this is gold. I mean, I'm not an actor, but but you kind of touched on this before. I mean. Talk, talk show, talk showness, for lack of a better word, yeah. is, is essentially conversation. It's listening, and yeah. um, it's and I I have learned that the more I do this, because I like to have things in front of me to guide things. Yeah. So that's the writer in me, but if I'm doing my job well, the next question will come naturally based on what right you, out of the conversation. Absolutely, that's right. Um, that's right. Let's see. One of the cool features of the perils of show business DVD is you share some of your personal correspondence with Johnny Carson. Now, you talked a little bit uh, earlier about some of your appearances, not only on on, on Johnny, but some of the other late night uh, talk shows that you've done over the years. But Johnny was a tough guy to get to know uh, outside of The Tonight Show, but you managed to do that. Well, he invited me when I began my cable show. After Shortly after he retired, he invited me to join him, and I was out in Los Angeles. He invited me to join him and his wife uh, for dinner, and I accepted. I'd only really known him, you know, uh, on the air. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, if you ran into him in the makeup room, it was kind of tense because, you know, they're booking you because they expect you to be funny. Well, you know, go be funny in the makeup room. Hey, <laughs> putting some makeup on there, I see. You know, what do you say? So, <laughs> but I had dinner with him, and I, I started to tell, with him and his wife, and I started to tell him about the CNBC talk show I was about to begin. <laughs> I, I look at this, it makes me laugh as I think of he wanted to let me know that he couldn't be more bored. <laughs> and, I, and I said, not being, not, you know, this is this is what I'm like. So if you do that to me, I'll say, well, tell me something you find interesting. Yeah. And he began to describe something in astronomy. And then I made the same bored face at him <laughs> that he made at me. I said, you find that more interesting than a show business anecdote? <laughs> at the end of the uh, dinner, he actually invited me to join, to go with him on a safari to Africa, which I later learned. He did with certain, uh, a few people. And I declined. I said, yeah, well, you want me to go to Africa and, and live in a tent with a wild animals trying to get in? And, and, and I declined. And later I heard that uh, he had parted with his with his, with that wife. And, uh, of course, he developed emphysema. And uh, it, it's very, very sad to me. I, now I wish I had gone because, you know, he put me under contract to him as a guest mm-hmm. in 1973. And, he was a big supporter, and um, 
you know, just the fact that, you know, he didn't like all that many people, from what I understand. And just the fact that he felt that comfortable that he would do that with me was so flattering. And as I understand that he ended up in his, in his last year or so alone with emphysema. Yeah. And I find that terribly sad, and it's a big regret that I have that I didn't join him. Well, but at least you you give uh, the viewers of the Perils of Showbiz D, uh, DVD a little glimpse into Johnny the person and to Johnny's sense of humor, and uh, that's one of the, that, that's one of the gifts that. And the, I do. And the, the second, the first half is all about acting, writing, and directing, mm-hmm. and the second half is about experiences I've had with prominent people. Yes. In, show business and uh, one of the, one of them that jumps out at me that I remember right now that I was introduced to the famous the, the late director Robert Altman and he was known who directed MASH and mm-hmm. he was known for he liked improvisation and yeah. I and I was uh, becoming known as someone who would like to do that yeah and someone introduced arranged a meeting so I'm sitting alone with him in his office and within five minutes he, he literally said to me I know I should like you but I don't and I thought about that afterwards, and I've since asked some people, Elliot Gould is a friend of mine, and people who have worked with him, he expected, it's a very subtle thing, but he expected a certain deference because he was Robert Altman. Right. And I don't know how to do that. I only know how to talk the way we're talking right now. I also offended my the one uh, conversation I attempted to have with the Duchess of Gloucester, who was Queen Elizabeth's cousin. She, too, was offended by me. I, I, I asked her what the main focus of her life was, because I wasn't familiar with, the, with royalty. And she was so offended by me. And the same thing happened when uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier came backstage to see me after a play I was in. I thought we had a perfectly fine conversation, but I later learned that the woman with him thought I behaved really... Uh, well, I behaved the way I'm talking to you. I behaved as though we were two, two men talking. I didn't know, and I don't know another way to talk. Wait, it, In fact, I was talking to Barbara Taylor Bradford on one of my old CNBC shows. She was going to be uh, spending time with the Duchess of Kent, and she said she was instructed to not speak unless you're spoken to. Well, royalty came because many centuries ago someone won a war and declared themselves king. So how excited am I supposed to be about that? <laughs> well, which goes back to one of the things we talked about Earlier in our conversation, Charles, when we're when we're talking about acting teachers in general, I mean, uh, not not all acting teachers are good, even the so-called re- revered ones. As a student, you know, as a potential actor, you have to find what works best for you. Yeah, you, you, I mean, the real value of all the acting classes. There's no place. There's nobody going to hire you when you start out. Mm-hmm. So that's a place you can get up and get used to. Which is a huge thing. Yeah, to be able to walk, to be able to stand in front of people and uh, and do that, and, and and to get that ease only came through eight years of studying. I, like one of my favorite things that I do when I do an evening of comedy uh, for charity or something, I'm out there in a chair, and I, I've said more than once to the audience, uh, I say this is a, my favorite place to be because no one's going to criticize me for talking. <laughs> <laughs> on the DVD. It runs an hour, and, and you get it at Amazon.com. And, I re- and I'm giving all my, I wouldn't push it like that. I'm giving all my mo- 100% of all my money away to it's come something called the Lend a Hand Foundation, which I started to help people who are not helped by any other organization and are in dire need. So I, I don't mind saying you can get it 
And it's very good if you know anyone who wants to become go into show business or if you want to go into show business. It's, it's really worth taking a look at so you know exactly what it is you're walking into. It's worth taking a look at, folks, and it's been very worth, very much worth uh, listening to you, Charles Grodin, and I hope you'll join us again one of these nights on TV Confidential. Thank you very much, Ed. Nice talking to you. Actor, comedian, author, and former talk show host Charles Grodin from a conversation that originally aired December 2012. Charles Grodin passed away this past Tuesday, May 18th, at the age of 86. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast you can enjoy. This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Megaphone and wherever else you find podcasts. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. For more information on how they can help you. Holy interview, Batman! Hi, this is Burt Ward Robin from the TV series Batman. You're listening to TV Confidential. Wowie Zowie! It's fantastic! Ed Robertson with a reminder that the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on the station at the usual time. We will play part two of our conversation with Jeffrey Littlefield about the career of Nelson Riddle. Plus, we will welcome actress, author, filmmaker, and composer Allison Mills Newman. We hope you join us for that. In the meantime, a reminder that Soul Lessons from The Wizard of Oz, How to Follow Your Yellow Brick Road, is available from Brains and Guts Entertainment, LLC. You can also Find it at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online, as well as your local neighborhood brick-and-mortar bookstore. While Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, is available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. That'll do it for our program. This week, folks, Ed Robertson, Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grice, and Greg Airbar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.